Live from Toronto and online via thecomicden.com, this is episode 61 of the Anime Roundtable Canada. Top of the evening to you, Mike Nicholas with you on this Thursday night, January 22nd, 2009. Tonight, Diamond Comic Distributors announced various changes last week regarding minimum retail orders that have caused a small uproar within the publishing community. We'll try to take a look at both sides of the issue. Also, we'll look at the controversy surrounding the Hetalia manga and upcoming anime, which seems to have caused its own uproar. This one with the Korean community. That's coming up next on our first episode of 2009. The opinions expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the comic den Mississauga. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. Happy New Year. So, Happy New Year. Congratulations on surviving the New Year, as uh, we usually say at the beginning. Uh, more than three weeks in now. Uh, a presidential inauguration behind us. Uh, okay, so I guess we have to come up with an excuse for the Latest month we haven't been around. <laughs> I don't really have one, except to say it's a good vacation. It was a good time. It was a good month off. Um, you know, it, it, some sometimes you just enjoy enjoy the time off, and you're just too lazy to really get back at it. And I think that's sort of what happened happened here. Um, we just really had other things to do uh, over the last month, so we just never got around to doing an episode. And we're still not really set to go because. Uh, Adam's not here this week, so I guess we're entitled to try and make fun of him for not making it. Any I thoughts? Then like, you have to worry about the comeback that will erupt from him. It's not as if he, he like he, he, Adam and Neil, and we're talking about both. We were talking about both of them uh, or, uh, just off air. Um, <laughs> Neil doesn't listen to the show usually when mm-hmm. even uh, usually so. He, so he doesn't have to listen to himself. Adam, I don't think is much different. Yeah. He, uh, so I don't think he lis- he listens to the show at any point, even when he's on it. So I mean, I have to because I have to re-listen <laughs> to everything before putting it online. So uh, Adam's not here. Uh, he mentioned last week. He like he mentioned last week, and we were trying to do shows over the last couple weeks, but uh, bad weather here. It's just gotten really cold in yeah. Toronto, so it's really hard to move around. Uh, well, you really don't feel up to moving around, frankly speaking. Um, well, other, what's the other stuff? Uh, um, Adam, uh, in Adam's case, uh, he was on vacation. He was set to go on vacation. Mm. Uh, uh, and so there Did was a whole pile where? of work. Or... No, he didn't say anything <laughs> about where. So, but I'm assuming he's not in town. Yeah. Uh, because we tried to, I, we tried, um, the emails and he didn't respond. He usually would. So mm. I assume he didn't get it. And I didn't, and I'm under the assumption he's not in the area. So he, so, um, I haven't tried to contact him by cell phone. Because it might be long distance. <laughs> so, um, and uh, Meg's not available because work has just made her exhausted too. And uh, remember, she works for Capcom Canada. I think we've mentioned that in the past, mm-hmm. so it's not really a secret. Um, and uh, obviously, stuff's going on there. So, um, well, it's just a busy time. A mm-hmm. Busy time. I mean, with uh, well, she she's just busy. It's just busy, generally speaking. It's not necessarily related to anything <laughs> anything serious going on there. Yeah, although Street Fighter Four yeah. is coming out in a couple weeks. Okay, so um, 
So we went to the bench this week. Uh, Mike <laughs> Nicholas, literally. James Austin, <laughs> Jeff Gregg uh, t- takes his second uh, second go around uh, on the table. Uh, I think last episode he did was like episode forty eight, like back in uh, like the last episode we did at. Uh, one of like, the rare occasions James actually wasn't on, actually. Yeah, well, did yeah, you well, speak in that episode? He did. <laughs> you have a few words? More than Mo in that one episode from yeah. a few weeks and we invite, few and, 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 and Mo would have been around tonight, but he he's working. Uh, you know, he has to pay for... He needs to raise money to pay for uh, pay for uh, school, which, is, which <laughs> just like you, yeah. you're not doing either, because no. bo- you both of you are you're still York University students, and if you're keeping up with things in, here in Canada... Everyone knows that um, the TA strike, the um, teaching assistant strike, and contract faculty strike ha- ha- is ongoing, and it's now going into its third month. Well, yeah. they did do that <laughs> one vote, they had and then they vote. can only do one of those. And they were certain it was going to be like you had last time, where yeah. a certain part of them would say, "Okay, we got to stop this." And now it's went to an extreme, where even I guess the student center today said they're mm-hmm. laying off people, and then the people in York Lane the, said oh, they've yeah. been affected drastically. It's, it's obvious that the York Lanes would be affected, though, because you know, all, almost all of their customers are not there. It's just the people who work at like the York offices at this mm-hmm. point who are probably eating there. It's a shame about the vote. Like I think at most it was seventy percent. So it was sixty-seven. I believe sixty-seven. It was supposed to drag them all there. Fifty-nine to seventy. I think there were the three groups of the TAs or whatever. So. Oh, they, there was a yeah specific. There was more. It of a was divided up. into three. Um, I, they didn't give any specifics on the QP website, but it was like Group A, Group B, and Group C. And the votes were in favor anywhere from I think fifty nine percent to around seventy one percent. So no to the no to yeah. the actual contract offer. By Ontario law, um, the employer can force a vote, can force the union mm-hmm. to vote on a on uh, on an offer, and they exercise uh, during once per negotiate once mm-hmm. per um, bargaining set bargaining Session. period, bar- per bargaining mm-hmm. period, and um, that's what happened here. The York. York was able. York exercised that right, and it was roundly rejected. Um, like I said, I, I said for this from the outset. I didn't. I don't want to waddle too much yeah. into the uh, politics of mm-hmm. what's going on there, especially since uh, I'm the. I've been uh, no a student. I've stopped being a student there for some years. Uh, I just feel bad for the students. I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm pre- well, look at all the students. People aren't uh, no, no, enrolling I, to them, and many I'm of them are sure. going it, to go to different universities. Yeah, I, so I, I think that tells the tale. Yeah, yeah I, a lot will try and transfer out. Certainly, certainly not impressed. Yeah. All I have to say is both of them are I'm, children to say although, the least. Like, how stupid can you be? You don't I'm, see the I'm writing sort of, on the wall. I'm, I'm glad for one thing, though. Uh, right uh, as of, with the vote, the people who were on, who were on the fence. Not voting, not um, supporting either side, mm-hmm. have really come forward yeah. since since then. Because uh, for a long time, you had students who were supporting the union mm-hmm. on this. There and, were a lot of them actually. There was you know big rallies out front of the yeah, school. Yeah, and, and uh, but they were but they were against the administration, mm-hmm. which I wasn't like okay, fine. Yeah. I, I my own take, take would have been. Don't support anybody. Yeah. And this is from somebody who um, sat through high school, who st- sat through high school, uh, who sat through um, similar, well, not quite similar, but certainly mm-hmm. s- certainly um, some labor strife during my time in high school. That was a big thing. And that, w- that was a big thing. And, and um, we were told not to. And, uh, the, and from experience, I always, uh, from experience, my position was always just don't take us up. Yeah. Be uh, the only side you should be on is your own. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's where some of them are going. Think, as I said, now we're. I think both I of think them, as long as this is dragged on, 
that side, the student yeah. side has now started to come out. Well, the student side should have been from the beginning where they should have realized, okay, we're going to shoot ourselves in the foot. We're not even going to have the revenues to give all the shit they want because students don't want to come to a university where there's possibilities of labor strife. On top of that, like now, now the now the now they're delayed from going taking on summer jo- uh, summer yeah, jobs to get school big, to pay yeah, money to pay for school. And then they year. said they're going to do OSAP and all that. But what about the people who don't have OSAP? Mm-hmm. Not like just, it's, not just that. it's yeah, just extend so stu- and, or extend OSAP. Yeah, so you saddle them further with into yeah, further debt when they and they haven't said anything no. about remuneration, which they are trying so much not to do. I think yeah, no, they're the last strike with you. They no, were worried about that, and, and then they I, just dodged a bullet. Let me clarify one thing, and I experienced a facul- full, uh, full-time faculty strike back in 97. Um, now, now I don't remember anything that's like getting Wait, Was it, it that one or the next one? It could have been the next one. It was, the, next, it was the one after the, that, and that, okay, was the first, that was the other T8 times the TA mm-hmm. went. This, yeah. this was also TAs. and. There have been so faculty. many strikes, sorry. Yeah, that, yeah but there's <laughs> been like... like like uh, I, That was two strikes ago. Mine was two strikes ago. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So... Um, like ours was, it went to, like I always said this um, during our strike. During our strike, um, it was it was only two months long, roughly two months long, and it it, it ended. And um, there was a lot more conce- like there there was a little bit more mm-hmm. calm as yeah. it ended. There mm-hmm. wasn't there, at no point did it really get ugly. And this is getting ugly. Yeah, frankly bit. speaking, as because um, no one's willing to look at reality. They're all in their own world, which <laughs> happens with a lot of these. But that, this also but happened during around exams, so it exam. happened. It happened at the mm-hmm. end of the. It happened around at the end of the spring term, uh, yeah. the winter term. It happened yeah. at the end of the winter term. So um, that probably all it, a little bit. So so it worked out okay. I mean, for me personally, all it just got me was like a two month extension on my term paper. <laughs> so I wasn't really complaining, and they turned out to be. <laughs> my best ones mm-hmm. during, during my entire did you notice like an life. attendance drop in the next year though i never noticed anything okay. so probably uh, it was the next strike we're thinking of where there might have been yeah. one but the thing is it might have picked up because remember we had the double cohort come yeah. in mm-hmm. so that kind of helped them but this time they don't, no, have, they that, don't have that they to, don't have they, that this one this, they're gonna feel this uh probably yeah. just because of course but. being a member of yam i'm kind of a little bit concerned over the uh you know how many members we can get for next year just because as far as I know, I'm one of two executives who will be left unless people stay back because of the strike. But, you know, I'm a little bit worried about the membership. And on top of that, he's, the, he has no Yama access this, right now because um, Yama's holding their show at the, yeah. as we're speaking, right? And they're, they've been holding shows, and that anime club there has been holding shows every week of the strike. Have mm-hmm. been holding mm-hmm. shows uh, throughout mm-hmm. the duration of the strike. We haven't been there, obviously. We've been taping here in Etobicoke in the yeah. West End. And uh, 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 but the big part of big reason is that the I, frankly, uh, frankly, I don't. I'm not in the mood to go to wait. Cross yeah, uh, it, picket it, line. Yeah, I so. haven't done it yet, and you know I have paperwork to do at York. But it's just it's annoying thing to go through to mm-hmm. a car lineup and everything. Yeah. So but I, I did go to the Christmas show for him, or the mm-hmm. I guess right before mm-hmm. the Christmas thing, and I guess because of the less there was no picket lines at that point and you know there are the people who live on campus and mm-hmm. it was it was you know what it was it was a relaxed sort of potluck thing but mm-hmm. it's, it's well, a the one, but frankly speaking it's a mess um well that one day remember i missed the show i was over at york because remember i said i had to do an audit over in mm-hmm. that area so i decided i would help out the uh, vendors over there i walked over to york and the picket lines were pretty big but they were you had to wait 
It was mm-hmm. interesting. But it was interesting to see which ways you can maybe get around. Them. <laughs> like the ice rink was one area you can maybe oh, get okay. around because if you go into the ice rink parking lot and I'll do a, a few different things. Yeah. But it was weird the way you could do different things. But the, there's so many interesting... Ice rink, ice rink isn't technical. Like, it's, it's its own thing. Yeah. It's its own thing. It's very much its own. But keep that in mind the other thing, though, that was intriguing that you hear about different universities like... UFT, their professors don't have a union at all. They've basically said, we'll take but what the t- we can the get. T- the and then there, Ryerson right? is another one where they're unionized, but all of them have said, okay, we'll go to binding arbitration mm-hmm. if we can't agree. Although I, I, I heard that uh, U of T might face something similar. Yeah, yeah the TAs, here. but the but, TAs there are more accommodating. Yeah. They're like, okay, we're going to work till this, and that won't affect anyone. So they're more convenient this one, it's been a little topsy-turvy. Yeah, it has. But York, as they said, has been its own universe in regards to uh, relations. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty accurate. Okay, we got to move on. To this. <laughs> this is the Anime Roundtable Canada. We got to actually yeah, start, to get, start to get on topic. And it's been like 12 minutes already. Well, you don't want to talk about unionism, how it's destroying us all. <laughs> You know what? The thing is, you can probably do this logically, but if Adam was here, he'd, he'd get the ratings. So uh, he'd get us the ratings for that. So we'll save it to. Want well, to talk then. about the recession? We can always talk about that. Oh, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> aside from um, not even the Obama, or okay, did you see the Obama inauguration two days I ago? I saw a little bit of it, but I got distracted by anime. So <laughs> I saw, I saw, I saw yeah. some. I saw some of it, and then uh, we went to play basketball. <laughs> Uh, I, I sat here all I sat here all day, but I was I, my mind like it was nice to watch. It was cool. Um, that's about it. I yeah. mean, I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna use any super, superlatives. Um, I'm not gonna use any hyperbole because there's plenty enough going around. Just watching it, it was almost it a was, hyperbole in itself. Yeah, I mean, it was. It shows you how different America and Canada really are, at least yeah. from my perspective. I mean, well, I was. But, I mean, this is one of those like Canadian American things. Like, I mean, it's also like how the American culture is compared to Canadian culture. A lot of it also has to do with how both countries came to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, America, like it, the American revolution, mm-hmm. as opposed to Canadian confederation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the U S fought for its existence, whereas Canada sort of <laughs> no, negotiated and they, it, they just slow. It was a slow mm-hmm. thing. So there's a lot more emotion mm-hmm. involved with, whenever, whenever we talk about things that go on in the States. Everything mm-hmm. happens, and so it's not like to say hyperbole when it comes to things that happen in the states. It's not. It's yeah. not. Well, it's not as. It's not as. Cle- it's not as bad as much. It really is that mm-hmm. way. It's, Every it's, single aspect about the states always lends itself to hyperbole. Well, it's kind of interesting. I was in the hallways during classes because I was going to go uh, to the gym. But I was stopped because all the hallways, all the TVs and widescreens were all on the thing. And literally, you couldn't get around in the college. Like, everyone had stopped just to watch. Which was an an interesting thing. Like, you don't see that every day. Like, you could tell everyone wanted to be a part of this history. But we don't know where this history is going to take us. Is he going to be as great as we think? Probably not, yeah. but he's going to try and make whatever changes he well, thinks he can push for. Regardless, he'll be obviously like Obama's going to be noteworthy just because he yeah. is the first African American in in the White House. I really wonder about that one because I don't think we should go after that. He's a multi ethnic yeah. person. He well, is white. Well, he he's black. No, he's got is, everything. And when he, he first, if you look at his first politics. Many of the black people in Chicago said he wasn't black enough. <laughs> Look at that. Is. And now what is, they think he, he's black enough. He was always the man he was. Like, we shouldn't I know, I know. be the pigeonholing is, him. He's his own man. He, the thing is, on top of that, like, 
um, somebody just said he truly is African American. He is the pro- <laughs> he is the product of a of an African, Kenyan, African, Kenyan, African. a Kenyan man, yeah, and an Amer- uh, a Caucasian American mm-hmm. woman from Kansas. Well, that's an interesting. Kansas. That's an interesting. He, he is a true African American yeah. in the in every single sense, oh, that's not a cultural sense, but in a genetic sense. Yeah. In a genetic sense, yeah, that makes more sense nice because when you hear it everywhere actually. else, it's a different. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just it, like no. From, Put away the political, politically correct terms. This is yeah. he truly is. So, um, but it, it, it's no. So, so he really is American in that sense. Mm-hmm. And so, take it for what it's worth. Uh, we'll see how. Um, we'll see what history says about him years down the road. Much like Bush. Years <laughs> yeah, well, I think they're already talking about Bush since he's dismantled most of his legacy. Or, well, if we can say his legacy. Yeah. Well, he's hurt. Well, I mean, obviously, we're not kind about it right now. Um, decades down the road, we are not to judge. Yeah, uh, history uh, history to, will judge uh, in time, and you know it, it does it in time. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. we'll see. Okay, so uh, something else. Okay, I guess we should start getting further <laughs> into the anime spectrum. Um, okay, I uh, some responses, I guess, uh, to thoughts to the uh, little first space to rant I did back on New Year's Eve when I talked about the um. Annual Japanese uh, mm-hmm. song and dance show, the red and white, the Kohaku Utakasen. Uh, you yeah, said some nice yeah, stuff. I, I had no idea that something that would be on Canadian television. I mean, it was probably around, you know, obviously before I got into anime and, you know, Japanese culture in general. So it was really interesting to hear you talk about that, you know, and all the work that that woman had done to get that sort of thing on Canadian TV. Is she, Susan Tucci herself, uh, as far as I know, she was just a, ho- a simple housewife. Nothing, um, Nothing overly spectacular. A very mm-hmm. simple. She had led a very simple life uh, till then. She and all she had, all she had in terms of TV credentials. And we talk a lot about credentials, <laughs> about how and what and having those credentials to be able to say anything or do anything in the first place. She didn't really have too much in the way of credentials. She just all she had was a television diploma or a television certificate from something she took on the side <laughs> from probably nothing more than night school courses mm-hmm. or from a community college. That's it. Those are her broadcasting credentials. And now truth be told, um, Hello Japan itself, and I only saw Hello Japan in its last couple years, uh, probably in the uh, mid-90s mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. up until it's... Well, I, I, I really didn't notice when it, when it went off the air, but when I cared to see if it was on again, yeah. Yeah, it was no longer there. And then I find mm-hmm. out you know, she died. She had cancer and eventually mm-hmm. died in 2002, mm-hmm. a couple of years later. Um, truth be told about Hello Japan, it, it was a badly edited show. <laughs> okay. I mean, um, I mean, she, need, she raised enough money. Uh, she used her connections to be able to raise enough money to have the most basic of equipment, as far as I could tell. Either that or she just really didn't have much. <laughs> she and her family, because it was a family-run operation, as far as I know, uh, didn't really have much in the way of... Um, know-how to use to use it properly so it was really really badly edited <laughs> um the uh kohaku itself when she, she did that as i said it was a it was a rush job to just all they all they just did was take out the take out the uh, news break because it was the show was more or less commercial free mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. so it wasn't too hard they t- in the middle of the show about at the two hour mark that nhk did a did a five or ten minute news break and then they did it in okay. so what they ended up so what they ended up doing was putting in their own their commercials throughout the show throughout mm-hmm. the uh what would be the Canadian broadcast for um, Hamilton on for CHCH, um, and she and she you know went around to try and get sponsors because yeah. C, um, CHCH gave her the entire block. She had to 
she had to sell the ad space during that time too mm-hmm. and she got ad space she got from sony she got <laughs> she got sony oh, wow. she got a lot of stuff she, she, she got well-known companies from the area like sony was chief among them. canon was amongst oh, okay. them various um various import businesses in in japan uh, japanese businesses in the area mm-hmm. you know gave gave uh gave um ad time mm-hmm. It was amazing what she was able to do with it, and she made it work for a yeah. long time. So uh, it was kind of a sad story um, to know she had passed away, and I only knew about it, like, as I said, a year after she had actually passed away. <laughs> so like, she died in 2002. I didn't know about it until like 2003 or four, 2003 mm-hmm. or 2004. So, but, and as I said, uh, I had corresponded with her a few times via email. Mm-hmm. She was always easy to deal with. So it's a shame that the leg- her work would uh, her legacy is stopped there although i don't think necessarily put it at the fault of her family that was just the way things went yeah mm-hmm. um nhk decided to go another direction in terms of promoting themselves in canada and you could get it as i said you oh, could yeah, have seen it through japan mm-hmm. tv T- uh, so because the cable service was starting up around the time she stopped mm-hmm. so if you mm-hmm. wanted nhk stuff uh you pay for it. You pay for it. It's only <laughs> yeah, about twenty dollars, maybe at worst twenty dollars a month for the channel. <laughs> if you can buy DVDs, if you can buy a good internet connection, maybe you could buy the this. You could uh, subscribe to this channel. <laughs> so it, it was available. I mean, it's there and uh, download. Do you like a coffee? <laughs> Actually, um, the, on the topic of the of this year's Kohaku. Um, First of all, it's not a huge secret. The men won again. <laughs> they have a five-year five-year uh, winning streak. Was going. it a big win or? Um, I don't know. Like they, they like you don't you can't oh, really you never... tell. You don't really know the exact numbers. Okay. At least I couldn't read it out. It was there. I mean, it was um, okay. Maybe a, like a two to like a two to one win. I guess. Okay. Like, but um, maybe at most two to one. So, um, like, some of the acts that st- that caught my attention this year, I guess when it comes to anime fans, there was, like, a montage of mm-hmm. Miyazaki music. Music <laughs> oh, from yeah. Miyazaki mm-hmm. films with done by, a, performed by a symphony that was conducted by Joe Hisashi, oh, the uh, guy mm-hmm. who actually composed yeah. all that music. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Um, the little girl who had the lead role in Ponyo by the Sea, I think it was mm-hmm. called. Is that, mm-hmm. is that, I think that so. Yeah, something like that. Um, she, was, she, actually let, she actually kicked off the show by singing. By uh, mm-hmm. by she performed the opening song like the intro song and she performed during that montage. Oh, okay, and oh. they had various artists perform various pieces of music. I don't mm-hmm. know if they were related to the movies themselves, but I but you know that was part of the act. That was part of the. Would have been impressive if there was all the artists who were in. It, yeah, but they were all rather <laughs> young. So uh, these the, all the singers were rather young. So which led me to believe they probably yeah. weren't. Um, mm. The other note noteworthy act to me. Um, oh yeah! If you're a big uh, J-pop music fan, everyone will know mm-hmm. Speed reunited at that show. Speed was uh, mm-hmm. Speed was like this four mm-hmm. this four girl uh, group, like four four girl idol group. <laughs> Plenty of dime a dozen, I guess. But um, Speed was one of the more noteworthy ones in the mid and late late nineties. Um, they were and they they and we literally saw them grow up before our eyes because they were introduced to us as teenagers and we saw them you know through mm-hmm. their teens in those years. They broke up in the early early part of this decade, two thousand or two thousand one, and they reunited and they and this was one of their first major performances. They for the uh, when they performed at the Kohaku this year, that was one of their first major performances since that reunion since the official reunion. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, and they said this time it'll be for good. <laughs> I guess they have they can't do it by do anything by themselves. How old are they at this point? Oh, they'd be in the, well into their twenties now. Okay, probably in That's their mid or late twenties, but... um, mm-hmm. mid twenties I guess now because mm-hmm. uh, 
I know I was always a little bit older than them, so if I'm to rate where <laughs> I stand, they'd be in their mid-20s, I believe. So um, that's them now. Um, the other interesting one, and here we go with the African-American type <laughs> theme again. You can add a Japanese to this one. Um, there's I forgot his name. Um, this guy named Jiro... Uh, J E R O. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and call this up on my on my uh, on my computer. Um, how do I put this? Uh, he's an American. Uh, Jerome Charles White Jr. That's his name. He's a black guy. Jerome <laughs> Charles White Jr. Uh, born in Pittsburgh in 1981. Um, the Japanese comes from his grandmother on his mother's side. So mm-hmm. his maternal grandmother was Japanese. Uh, was Japanese. So his mother okay. is half Japanese. Mm-hmm. Half is a Japanese. African Japanese uh, <laughs> okay. American of American col- of American extract. Um, so um, he's he performed. He's a, and he performed out of all things Enka music. He mm-hmm. became like he was one of those guys who uh, learned the la- who learned Japanese through his uh, obviously through his grandmother. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. grandmother had a big part, but his grandmother also piqued a, a per- an interest in Enka music, mm-hmm. which is like. Mm-hmm. Really moody, moody, <laughs> country-esque yeah. type music. If you've ever heard, if you've mm-hmm. heard enough of it, uh, well, enough, anyone who listens to this show has probably heard it sometime, mm-hmm. one time or mm-hmm. another. So, so people can attest certainly to how moody it was. His grandmother died, but he decided to try and pursue. Like he went to Japan, uh, I believe, to teach English. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know the whole story. But um, Did he, he stayed there. Or? Well, he he still lives. He's from okay. Pittsburgh, but so he goes he's still to doing from. it now. Maybe. Mm-hmm. He, um, but he went on this uh, singing contest show, which was also done by NHK. <laughs> but he per- successfully performed some some a song on it, and then he was a, and he decided to try and make more of a career out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he cut his first album, had a first had his first single, which was called Umiyuki. It's like Snow by the Sea or something. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. performed that song. That was a, it was a, it was a hit. The single was a hit. He performed that on the show. Okay. But his grandmother died. Re- uh, a few years before that, and he mm-hmm. said he de- so he dedicated the performance to her, and you know it, it was a dream for him to do it because yeah. you know mm-hmm. uh, you know his mom is uh, his grandmother was a, certainly a big fan of the show, so it was a dream for him to do that, and you know an appreciation. Uh, mm-hmm. You could see, and his mom was in the audience; they were both crying. It was quite a it was quite a scene yeah. there. Uh, so that's the two noteworthy performances there. So. Um, there's a, that's the Kohaku Utaka-san. As I said, plenty of torrents <laughs> available. So if you, you know, it's not going to be hard to find. You'll be able to see stuff. Akiko Wada, and she was, she's a mainstay mm-hmm. on that show. She performed again. Okay. She was like mm-hmm. the last act for the uh, girls this year. Uh, and it was the 10th anniversary of that other performance. Oh, okay. of the, um, the one you put mm-hmm. on. Yeah, yeah the, the one I mentioned. I think okay. it was, a, was it? Mm, yeah, it was the 10th anniversary okay. of, that, of that act. So um, not enough this year for the, the, <laughs> yeah. the girls. So. And, and, and Akiko Wada, and, and I mentioned her before because we, as I said, she did a comedy piece with Shoko, Shoko Nakagawa, mm-hmm. uh, who, who was like the guest of honor at, <laughs> at Expo last year, at Ami mm-hmm. Expo last year. She also appeared on the, uh, on the Kohaku last year, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Nakagawa-san. So, okay. Or um, Shoko-tan. I think that's, that's her pet, <laughs> yeah. that's pet name her fans give her. But there it is. Uh, that's uh, so the Kohaku Utakasen, um, the mm-hmm. red and white. There's uh, some experiences. I, I guess I'd ask a little bit more about everyone else's New Year's, but I think we'll save that for next week because we're like 27 <laughs> minutes in and boring everybody to death. <laughs> okay, let's go to let's get to right, now. Let's get into the real anime stuff. Um, how do we start? Which one? Which which topic do you want to go with, James? So you're either the Koreans or the one with diamond, right? Let's go with the diamond <laughs> one, I guess. We'll go with the Korean one maybe a bit later. Okay. Okay, so um, 
Last week, uh, you want to explain this one? You you explain this one because I've talked enough. Oh, okay. That's what, <laughs> why don't you explain? Why don't you explain this to everybody? Well, uh, basically, what happened was Diamond uh, went around to all the publishers and was contacting them by phone, and then uh, certain publishers and certain people leaked it to the general public. I think I found out about it on the Icarus blog from Simon Jones. And he basically said that Diamond had said, first of all, that the adult previews, which is a separate small uh, catalog that is sent out with the previews each month for the direct market, and is going to be gotten rid of. So there won't be any print. But what's going to happen with the adult previews is a PDF is going to be sent to the retailers. It's going to be their responsibility to print it out. And who knows if they will. But they're still going to charge all of the publishers the same rate they did before, but for an electronic file that maybe people aren't even going to bother to print mm. out. So that kind of is ticking a few people off. And then the other issue is there's benchmarks. And one of them this is a the purchase order benchmark. I think the benchmark was originally set at 1,500, right? Mm -hmm. And then it moves This is in terms of retail orders. Yeah, so this is retail orders. And then it, they moved it up to 2,000. 500. Now, there's, I know there's one I saw where it showed the different uh, publishers what it would take for them to reach that for comics like at $2.99 for something that is at maybe $20. But basically what happens, you get the big phone book of the previews from Diamond each month and basically people order from it. They have to reach basically a title, that number. Forget a publisher. A single title has single to, title. to reach $2,500 yep. in yep. orders for it to be continued and, in and this and yeah. this is the new one the new benchmark it used to be a thousand five hundred so as you said each comic each whatever had to reach that mark or else diamond wouldn't order it because it wouldn't be profitable to send out those orders to the direct market so basically that's going to mean that some of the smaller publishers are crying foul because many of them might not be able to reach that plateau of 2500 for some of their titles. Mm -hmm. And basically, the Diamond previews is going to become basically thinner and stuff like that. So basically, they're crying foul that basically Diamond's trying to a, squeeze. Yeah. And they said this is the, even the worst time to do it because it's basically bad economic times. And maybe more people aren't going to be willing to order their stuff because they're looking at other things. Well, the other side of it, and this is... This is, and I asked, um, I visited, visited the brothers last night and they, and made, and they were just, just being made aware of it. This has always been like, this isn't a surprise to them that they heard about it for starters. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, over the years, this has been like, this is, this has been the trend, frankly speaking. Diamond has encouraged publishers to move away from the more traditional comic model books, uh, uh, you know, booklets of 64 pages at mm -hmm. most mm -hmm. the 64 page traditional comic they wanted you know and start uh, they want to encourage publishers to always go with the graphic novel yeah. with the 200 page graphic novel so um into trades this is not so this is like another step to encourage that i i know you i know you have yeah, i know your thoughts <laughs> on this in a sec the other thing is this is a and this was a common complaint of retailers that was a phone book you 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 refer to it as a phone book and they want, and 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 the thing is, it does, it does weed out a lot of, and, and a lot, and nine, and let's say ninety five percent of that is hardly worth the trouble. Yeah. 
But uh, so they, the, so in many respects, this may weed out some of the garbage that's in there. A lot of the garbage that could that a lot of retailers would find in there. So, um, but sometimes some things that are solicited the first time do okay, speed, and, then and then they yeah, gain speed. That's the problem. And so I think well, I can't remember. I know that, I Scott uh, Pilgrim, one of his first graphic okay. novels. He had the same thing. Supposedly, oh, yeah. it didn't do as well. First solicitation, then second word, solicitation, it, it started. Yeah, no. I know there's a, there, I know there's a double edged <laughs> sword, but this is like the other thing realities. you gotta remember is Diamond in North America has the monopoly on that, the direct that's, market. That's, 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 that's the big key thing, really so they can do whatever, about. and that's one of the big scary points that people talk about mm -hmm. because of all the craziness that happened in the nineties. Yeah, and, and just for reference. Um, we started basing things on an average too. So say a Tokyo Pop or uh, let's go with an. <laughs> Actually, we probably should also do another thing: is that if you not are in the know, the reason why they probably put some of these in is remember that in the direct market, basically what happens is once the orders are in, Diamond buys it from the publishers. It's not returnable, so the publishers make the money straight up. It's not like a bookstore distributor or anything like that. Or later it. on down the line, they can return it and then it kicks them and, and then, bites them in the bum. And then in, mm -hmm. the, in return, they pass that, that policy on to the co individual comic book store yes. owners. So if they get product that they can't sell, they're stuck with it just as much. Yeah, yeah I just wanted to make some the, As I said, we yeah. have to preface it with a bunch of stuff. And Diamond is like the major distributor to small scale stores, comic book stores, mm -hmm. stuff like mm -hmm. that. Diamond does have another one that services directly the bookstores yes has so their, uh, but the thing is they're not the only one <laughs> yeah they're not the only one in that particular game so um what's the other bits about this uh like okay let, let's let me just say this quickly too um if this will frankly not really affect big publishers like so there's like, well, well no Dark Dark marvel marvel's the one little. marvel is supposedly so the, the big ones. one they say mm -hmm. marvel and dc are going to be okay, but the other ones, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes, depending on the title, by a title, by title basis for some. For some, it well, could be their whole catalog. The other thing, the other thing is, and like it ultimately, like expect Diamond to work on this still somewhat case by case. Mm -hmm. if, it, if, mm -hmm. if you have a whole plethora of titles, <laughs> and it, like when, when you the other about, thing though, you should preface as well is that. There's the videos, there's the apparel, the shirts, the gizmos, the games, everything like that. Art books, magazines, the figures. And many of them are under the same thing as well. And I think they said they were trying to weed those out too because a lot of them are just not looked at. Like I know I go through and you go through and we just skip God knows how many pages. Mm -hmm. And some of it is that. True. But um, one thought to put it, to put put it in like if you're talking like a big company and, and, and please don't interrupt this time sorry uh, like if you have a big company and they have a plethora of titles which generally do meet that meet that minimum meet that uh what's the phrase what's the word again that benchmark constantly and then they have maybe one or two titles that don't mm -hmm. that's not going to make or break anything that may not break anything make or break anything and um diamond might you know give give quarter on those type of things might give mercy and you know still let those pass. There's something on the bubble. We'll see. I mean, in the end, it's still. I I, I would think. I'm just assuming a lot. Uh, there would be some case by case basis. So uh, if there's so let's go down to down the line to some say a, a Tokyo Pop or a Viz. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking. Now keep it. Uh, now we're talking about where uh, a plethora of titles which 
lot will make will make the 2500 benchmark mm-hmm. let's be honest yeah. but then there will be the odd one that is more questionable and that will hit the bubble um as i said ultimately it'll come down to maybe average too so i i tend to think an overall average will come into play for individual publishers so the real concern here becomes the individual pub the small small scale publishers who only have a couple of titles to bank on literally only a couple <laughs> of titles like uh like Oh, I, I, I was thinking more of uh, Doctor Master, maybe even uh, Seven right. Seas. Uh, Yen Press, Yen Press should be fine. So should uh, Delray. Delray will probably be okay. Dark Horse will be okay for their titles. And what about things like other, Oni? Yeah, they've been talking a lot about Oni. Oni's been one that people have been throwing around, but who knows? Mm-hmm. We don't know until they send out the orders and then they see what they get back. That's mm-hmm. the big thing. And some things, some publishers that do one-offs, some of them are featured items like, um, uh, was it, uh, Fan, um, the one from England, Pon, Fan Pon, I, I can't remember the publisher's name, that's awful. But uh, the publisher that did um, something like The Walking Man and other ones, he's from England, I remember, Stephen Robson. Mm-hmm. I forget his publisher name, but he does a random one in the previews every so often. And I think the most recent one was the Missing Girl uh, one, Quest for the Missing Girl. And most of his items are high-end and they're featured items. So usually those ones meet the quorum, I would say. And even Last Gasp with uh, Tokyo Zombie and uh, the other one that you got, the Cherry Blossom uh, oh, yeah. one. Oh, yeah. The one. And then uh, there's other ones that do those one-offs, but sometimes they work on even vertical. Most of them are sometimes featured items like Blackjack or the t- other Tezuka titles that they've thrown, or any of the older ones. Yeah, so, but there's obviously still going to be a concern. I don't know, like, so you... But I, a lot of the ones I've seen, DVDs have been problematic for not meeting quorum, and apparel's been another big one. Yeah, well, and then yeah, art books and imported art books are another yeah, big one that are again, always cancelled. How, how dependent, <laughs> like, the other thing is, it's all, all, also a, a question of how much, like... Like in many respects, the music industry is going through uh, is probably further along in this. Company like companies companies um, shouldn't be are are have a, too much of a stranglehold. And now over the last decade or so, with MP3s with further mm-hmm. technology, they've been losing their control of the actual industry. Mm-hmm. So, like I guess in many respects, the the self publishing the book publishing industry has yet to <laughs> mm-hmm. see that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's still so dependent on big publishers and them having to do well mm-hmm. for any regular author to um mm-hmm. to su- to succeed in many respects i don't know like how could a, a small publisher try and survive is there something good in it for them well the big thing is it is a concern for them because yes you do have borders in all the bookstores to look back on but even they're cutting back and they're probably going to be looking at the surefire sellers which are more tokyo pop viz yen press galray all and the, the bigger ones and then so that they're they, so that's why they focus a bit more on their key titles in the direct market because they know they've got those sales it's just a matter now they have this extra hump they got to go over and some of them have they said they've done bundling which makes the price even higher right so higher price means Likely, even if they sell less, they still may meet that quorum because the, the price is, is high. Sticker shop can still yeah. come into play. Mm-hmm. It depends. So I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering: is there something that, like, 
so I guess publishers in, the, in themselves would have to be more dependent. Like, people have wanted to see um, artists speak, uh, you know, um, music artists speak for themselves and do their, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. constantly the encouragement is to do their own distribution. Mm -hmm. and, and besides, they make money off of other things, not off the yeah. selling of the actual sale mm -hmm. of their music. So some, so you get a lot of artists who don't necessarily care. Um, it's different in the uh, obviously in the publishing oh, yeah. industry yeah. because they, they are dependent on that. So what do they? So what what suggestions for them? Especially since um, since the big companies are do play still play a significant role, or, or do we just let it shake itself down in a similar path? Because most of them, I think, are still looking, as they said, at the bookstore distribution in the States. That's been always the big thing since Tokyo Pop basically changed yeah, the mold a, of the industry. And so it really hasn't been a big thing. Basically, Diamond hasn't really gone out on a limb to help them. So they haven't really done much or, or with the direct them. market. Yeah. And even when they have done things like Vertical with Blackjack and the special editions, the three volumes that they've done with uh, Diamond which basically it's a special edition hardcover and an extra story in, and you're guaranteed to get that, they've dropped the ball. They've been laid on the last two, and it's been problems with Diamond and the publisher. So when that happens, not many people are willing to commiserate with Diamond as much as they might with the bookstores, because they think they'll get more out of the bookstores than Diamond, even though with Diamond, they know once... They've accepted the orders. It's a guaranteed sale. It's not going to come back to them. But they just don't want to deal with the red tape and the hassles. Mm -hmm. That's so, another so, issue. So there's like uh, there's a gamble with which which channel but you they, want to use. But in this time of economics, it would be more better if they tried to reach out and help each other to make it happen instead of saying, "Okay, I don't really want to do this because of the past," and try to work with the publishers and make Diamond a little better, except the problem is they're a monopoly, so they can do whatever they want, even if they screw over the publishers or the retailers because of slow de delivery times or other issues that are in the chain of flow. And ultimately, like this is a double-edged sword many, in many respects for the comic book stores. Yeah. Because remember, some of our books arrived late from Viz, like mm -hmm. Monster was one, and then Solonin was another one that arrived late. And I remember um, many of the comic book stores said, well, they can't get to Canada because it goes through this one center in the eastern states. They had it in the western part of the states, but the western part of states, that center wouldn't send it <laughs> to the one in Plattsburgh, oh, yeah, basically to send it up here, which sounded really stupid to me. I'm like, how, like, we're ordering it for the first time. It's not like it's a second go, you know what I mean? And it's yeah, not like is, a second is, order. Is it's probably, a first order. And this is probably what makes it so frustrating. And it makes it frustrating for all, all parties. That's why but it's one thing. It's one thing if they I, have second thoughts. It's one thing to have. Well, with great with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with, I mean, this is what you say about Diamond in the end too. I mean, they 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 have that monopoly, but sometimes they just have their issues with it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is this well, is the whole deal. But the other thing is, remember, we talked about it a few weeks ago, Mike. Remember, I said there are a few people, I think Simon Jones from Icarus and some other people were promulgating this idea, which I enjoyed, which, remember, each time we go, it takes so long to go through the phone book, which is the previews, Diamond previews each month. And for a retailer, it's even harder to tell someone, okay, what should I buy? There's all this BS in here. You have to cut through the crap. Well, one of the issues, many people said, well, why don't you do this to save costs instead? Create different types of previews, like maybe a manga or anime previews 
a Marvel previews, DC previews, Dark Horse previews, and apparel, whatever. You know what I mean? Like to make it thinner, make it more streamlined. So that's like, okay, I know to go to this book for my interests and stuff like that. Well, you get that. You you get that also. Like you get people who have various interests Mm -hmm. who who can stop or who don't necessarily have a comic book who have a comic book interest but then they stumble sometimes yeah. into the anime se- anime manga section i know there's a there's a cultural <laughs> debate as to how much comic book fans are into anime and they're they're, they're and it's very polar it's a very oh, polarizing yeah. argument so maybe i shouldn't really yeah it's almost well it's that. more of the issue that you know it's so big when you lump it all together that it's just kind of like blindness you're like okay i know where i want to go maybe i'll just pass a page but it's not like in that one second i view it i'm going to make a decision mm-hmm. there's just so much because you know how many titles are on a page right sometimes they'll have the publisher literally and then dozens. you'll have like dozens, dozens. <laughs> like so. it's only the big publishers will they'll dedicate one page to one title and that's only major publishers all the small ones they're just competing with other publishers on the same page usually mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't even get an idea of what it's about because they might not even have a description. They might not even have the cover because it's an early solicitation. So but it, would it you really, add more details if you had the specific Marvel anime one? Because that yeah, would just me, make it thicker in, again, though. Well, it's hard to say what would be better to spend more on marketing, yeah. which in this time is actually a better thing. Like in this type of economy, you basically you need to get rid of more of the people that are your fat but the other thing is you want to market because you want people to buy your product. People now aren't going to buy something unless they know they want it. Yeah, And, and then the, the other big thing is once you get out of the recession and you start getting into the boom again, people will still have you in the back of their mind because of the advertising you've done. So it does pay off. Mm-hmm. The funny part is, uh, the funny part is like with what's about to happen, um, People have to dig harder to find those diamonds. <laughs> those t- I mean, that, that's a thing. A lot, like you yeah. said, a lot of those smaller publishers who probably will have a great title, a mm-hmm. great set of titles, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to be shut out. So mm-hmm. I guess that, that's a tough part of it. Well, but, it's funny. Like most of it sometimes is word of mouth. Like remember we were talking last year about, and I got you on to uh, Translucent. Mm-hmm. Even though it was a Dark Horse title and I think they had like the one page thing, that one not many people even knew about. You probably would have went right past the page and not even thought about it. And most of that was word of mouth. People said, hey, you should hear about this, hear about that. And it's coming back, of course. And but at least yeah, but people are going to turn part, to that page. The funny, the, part part. Is, the funny part is it's continuing because of word of mouth, too. <laughs> yeah. Dark Horse forgot, sure forgot about it. <laughs> well, no, they changed uh, translators. That was yeah. one of those And titles. one last thing, and one last thing, and we got to throw it, and then we'll throw it, uh, throw it a break. You know, the, uh, coming back to Simon Jones and how it affects the adult part, and we've discussed how much it will affect adult sale, the uh, sales of adult material. I don't know. I don't think it will. At least no more than usual. As many people have said in regards to the adult previews, and he even admits to most of it, where there isn't really any more players in there, and most of it was taken over by the Yowie as well. <laughs> that was the other issue. But now the comic book side for the Yowie, maybe not too much. But as he said, piracy is just exploded, especially uh, with pornography. So whatever they were putting up, you could probably easily go onto the internet and probably find it somewhere. And on top of that, um, it, I don't think it. I don't think he depended too much on previews. He he knew where to go already. Whether it be 
like a store already or places like Right Stuff or other places? Or well, no, it's, it's still a part of his business, a good part of his business, but he has been going other avenues and even he said even other ad avenues, but some of the ads he put in some print magazines and stuff like that, he said they didn't go to the direct market, didn't add to that. It actually, they went to his own web store and bought directly from him. So he won't be so for for what it's worth but he's been really he's been he's been really creative like even on his website even every time the previews comes up or whatever he'll put down a list of all the manga anime whatever that are hentai yaoi whatever that are in the adult preview so you have an idea of what's gonna Mm -hmm. come out down the pipe and he really does on his blog if you go to it he has like a hodgepodge of different things he talks about, but he also promotes his stuff real well. So I always have a good idea. Do I actually want to order from him or not gotta give for him that title? Because he actually makes you want to buy certain titles. Yeah, and you got to give him some credit. That's for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll keep up. Obviously, we'll keep up. And then the <laughs> other thing is, remember, Diamond just uh, put their uh, word out on the street today. So maybe we'll look we'll back a, at that yeah, we'll uh, a in a smaller... Yeah, we'll put a link up to Diamond. Like, Diamond spoke for the first time about it. But most of it's what we already talked about. They admitted Mm -hmm. that, yes, it's probably going to slim down the previews, but they don't know by how much because they'll have to go through a few cycles, which is monthly cycles, to see how it happens. But as I said, in many respects, this is sort of what the retailers want, too. Mm -hmm. But as they said, most of that interview isn't dealing with the adult side. It's more with the new benchmark at the 2,500. It's just in general. But it's one of those... Yeah, one more cliche before we go to break. Be careful what you wish for type things. I mean, Well, they had to things. answer sooner or later because obviously they didn't want many people to know about it because they just talked to the publishers mm-hmm. all by phone. But that's actually a better way to do it, to talk to the person in person instead of sending them an email and saying, oh, we're just changing your yeah. whole business no, it was, model. It was good. It was good. I mean, yeah. give them a little credit. Yep. Okay, let's take the break. I don't know what we accomplished <laughs> in, that, in that segment. Not much, except maybe 15 minutes. <laughs> Okay, we'll take the break. Uh, back with uh, we'll talk. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about um, political incorrectness in Japan. <laughs> back with more. You're listening to the Anime Roundtable on thecomicden.com. Hey, Brian. You know what sucks about other podcasts? What sucks about other podcasts? Though? Well, other than the fact that they're not us. They just really don't cover the sheer amount of geek shit that we manage to get. Yep, comics, anime, boobs, 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 lots of boobs. Yes. So uh, if you want to, if you want to listen to podcasts that are awesome, as opposed to podcasts that suck, which is all of them but ours, exactly. You should uh, hit us up at nerdholes.blogspot.com. Two assholes talking, talking about, about nerd stuff. stuff and boobs, lots of boobs. spent all that time in that first segment talking about crap <laughs> we don't have much time for well more crap i guess uh podcast now continues nicholas austin and greg around the table from our studio in toronto online via the comic den.com in front of an in front of a live audience uh, the official podcast of anime north uh, start to i better start writing them for this year's show <laughs> just while we're at it they put up a new website too Oh, oh yeah, I saw yeah, the they new saw website. The, they, yeah. up, they, uh, they they completely uh, overhauled the website. So it looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see what other content they'll mm-hmm. add to it. 
I'm thinking about doing the uh, the the flea market there this year, the Noma Noichi. <laughs> uh, might, uh, but it might take out one of the shows. It might end up taking out one of the show, two shows we usually have done. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, as I said, we spent way too much time on that first segment. Not much of a bullet. We're not going to really do a bullet segment. We're just, but we do want to briefly talk about this one. Kind of comes back to uh, that little, the, speaking of Anime North, that discussion we had way back at <laughs> oh, Anime yeah, North about, <laughs> Jap- about Koran thing. Uh, the Koran thing, Japanese political incorrectness. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing it rear its ugly head again, I guess. Or at least uh, another controversy, although I don't think, yeah, I think this it's... one will. Like, that, the other one just blew over anyway. Yeah. It blew over anyway. It didn't boil. It just yeah. came and went. Uh, and we're Same seeing thing it, seeing, happen. Yeah, but it's uh, funny. Yeah, it's interesting to note. Anyway, <laughs> it's certainly interesting to note, if only because we we need a couple minutes to fill. <laughs> um, the Hitalia, the Hitalia. Uh, there was a, a a gag, cynical gag comic uh, manga called um, Hitalia, mm-hmm. and the deal was it was supposed to uh, get an anime treatment. Koreans wanted it canceled. Yeah. Well, actually, explain. Well, Jeff, the fact. Okay, Hitalia, From what I gather, um, the name is basically a pun, basically talking about how Italy was silly during the war periods, and you know there was going to be an animated version of it, obviously, and it was canceled because obviously the Koreans had some sort of problem with. Well, not necessarily because of that, but yeah, because the, the um, thing with Korea doesn't even happen in, in the anime, from what they were saying. But the series basically has all the con- well, a lot of the countries of the world personified as mostly Bishonen males, and they go about doing wanty, you know, wacky antics and so forth. Not flattering to say it doesn't sound. No, flattering. I mean, and just not none, of the char- none of the characters are flattering. I mean, it's a cynical gag comic. It's not meant to have you know any one of the countries being the greatest guy in the world. I mean, obviously Japan probably might be one of the better characters just due to the fact that it's a Japanese person writing it. But, you know, there was a picture, I think, on one of the links you posted, you know, they have a few of the countries in America's there with a hamburger and, you know, instead of I a quote, it's just... <laughs> and, you know... I just... I didn't put... I didn't, for reference, <laughs> the link I sent was just a link to the okay, story. Okay, so I but, guess I must have done But you, other you've research. done your own research. Yeah, oh, I yeah. want that but, link. <laughs> <laughs> I want that link now, though. But it's kind of funny, though, as well, how... They canceled the TV version, but there's still other versions that weren't oh, canceled, yeah. like the web version. Yeah, the and then what other still coming out, but yeah, it's just not like, coming out on TV, which I guess be is like some sort because internet. I'm re- rather interested in the series because it honestly sounds hilarious, especially because I've done a lot of reading. This is even before I heard about this, how Canada's portrayed, which is rather funny, actually. Because apparently Canada looks a lot like the U.S., only I think he has glasses or something, and he's never noticed. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's, you know, there's scenes of American Canada playing catch, and Canada gets hit in the groin by a football. Um, the, the funniest scene I found was that because he's so unnoticed, Russia comes into a room and sits on Canada's lap <laughs> for, the, for an entire meeting. And then at the end, when he sits up, like, wow, that chair was comfortable. And he didn't notice that Canada was there at all. Um, if you have go if you go to TV tropes, they have a list of all the things Italia has done, and it's actually rather amazing. You have to send that link. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. that, no, that's interesting. Apparently, Canada's rather popular on the Dojin circuit as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's lively. Um, I mean, okay, so go on the Korean side. Let's go on the Korean side for a sec, because because it probably well, it's like looking at this picture from Anime News Network it may not be the most flattering well then again it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like condemning um the world wrestling entertainment for being 
yeah. kind of condemning world and and calling for a WWE WWE under stuff to be politically correct. I mean, yeah. it's kind of a yes. it's kind of a lost cause. But, and really, what does it prove? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, they're already wound tight, so they're probably gonna do it anyway. But the other thing that probably helps get them canceled is remember where most of the animation in the world is made. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Wink, wink, <laughs> Korea. Jeez. I wonder how many Korean animators wanted to. Uh... Speaking of poli- being politically correct on this, um, well, it, it, there is fact. Oh yeah. The thing, well, I, I guess it's sort of remember, like remember about a little more than a year ago, we had like around a rem- Remembrance Day, where we had that discussion <clears> about how should we feel as North Americans and Canadians feel and Europeans feel about wa- watching something that's Japanese, mm-hmm. and considering the war past and all that stuff, and considering. You know the way they see obviously see it themselves too. Uh, fuck, fuck all that. <laughs> fuck, fuck how we should feel about it. What about the, what about being Chinese or Korean? They mm-hmm. were the ones who probably felt it the most. They have that weird thing yeah. to go through. But you know that all said, with in terms of Korea, you brought up a, and then you and then as we were starting to talk about, it, you brought up this really really sad website uh, <laughs> from the entry from the Senkaku Complex uh, blog. You better mention that because. I can't. The Nazi call, cosplayers. Uh, yeah, it's an MMO <laughs> called, funny enough, I love the title, Karma 2. Karma yeah, and then 2. they go out promoting, and then and and the promotion of it is like a bunch of muscle bound guys doing Nazi salutes in the street. It almost sounds like a joke. <laughs> well, then, supposedly they said the international <laughs> community didn't think much of it, but the grids were. As you said, thought it was a joke, I guess, or probably, didn't mind the promotion. Certainly more amused by it than, I guess, anyone else would be. So yeah. maybe sometimes, who's to say? Who, who's yeah. to talk? You know, cast the stone, another cliche, cast the stone that I've <laughs> before. Well, I thought it was an interesting dichotomy and stuff like that versus that story with Korea. It was an interesting. No, it's interesting because it's almost hypocritical, too. Yeah. I mean, who who isn't accused of being really... Um, but incorrect. remember, but remember, in this one, you can clearly see it. While in uh, this manga, the gag manga, you can't really see it. The big thing they always point out, which isn't even in the mm-hmm. anime, supposedly, as you said, anyway, yeah. is Korea. I think it's Korea grabs Japan's man boobs or man breasts, <laughs> whatever you want to call them. And I think some people have said it represents, I forget which two islands or which islands they've but been fighting off dispute. for God knows how many years they thought it had to do with that dispute or something yeah, like the that. The series, from what I gather, is partly historical. So despite the fact that all the countries are shown and what they do has correlations to what happened in the period between... World War One and World War Two, and in many so. respects, a reflection of what could be still today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and for what's worth, on Japan, they have this, they have uh, land disputes <laughs> with, uh, with 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 a lot of places. I mean, mm-hmm. you mentioned Korea. There is an ongoing one with Russia, the Northern Islands. I think it is. Mm-hmm. They refer to it as the Northern Islands, like a set of four islands mm-hmm. off the coast, like further mm-hmm. north of Hokkaido or something. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> this goes on and on. Canada has its own too. When it comes to yeah, the with the Danes with and the, Greenland, yeah, yeah. With, the, with the when it comes to our, the Arctic. So yeah, we put a, a good <laughs> nook shuck up there so they know it's ours. <laughs> yeah, I love it how we spent the money for the Canadian Army just to build a fucking nook shuck so they know it's ours. <laughs> <laughs> just put a, just put a, just put the uh, Vancouver Olympic flag. <laughs> no, but the, ours is more. Uh, <laughs> More makes more sense because remember, once the Northern Passage opens up more with global global warming <laughs> and all that other stuff, 
they're going to use it as shipping lanes because it'll be easier to get goods in between before they couldn't really do yeah, that completely around mm-hmm. yeah these ones it's more just political the islands are there most of them you can't even live on anyway so who really wants it it's more showboating the islands are pretty much useless i can't wait to see it but there's going to be jockeying no doubt they're <laughs> jockeying on it right now anyway just a thought. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, that was a good <laughs> nine minutes, ten minutes. We're done. I, I could rant about how Korea is being stupid about this a bit more. I yeah, mean, yeah, but you'll offend everybody. <laughs> I will. No, no, but it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I'm okay. no Adam, but I, I really think in this case, I know, I know that the Koreans have that history with Japan, and they're entitled to their, you know, being a bit on edge. But what the series is is nothing compared to how Japan plays with stereotypes all the time. I mean, I think Neil was talking the last time you had this discussion yeah, that just it, every back, right? racial portrayal in Japanese mm-hmm. manga and anime is normally overly stereotyped no matter where you go. And if anything, Hitalia really is more subtle than almost any standard Japanese manga <laughs> or anime. I mean, every country is a Bishonen, pretty much. I mean, there's no random ugly old woman that happens to be hung- hungry or something. I mean, it's a funny little thing, and Korea's just... Nothing happened that should have offended Koreans, in the sense or that... Or nothing unique, more likely. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, mean, they weren't... From what I could gather, it happens we to should all be, the we countries. Should be a, I mean, we should be a throwing our shoe at, <laughs> at, at this guy for... <laughs> the Canadians should be throwing our shoe at this guy, apparently. So oh, well, yeah. It's, it's pretty Canadian close division. enough since he's, like, in university in <laughs> yeah, New York or whatever. I think he's still in New York. We can lob. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... You know, you have a point there. Yeah, I mean, there's no overly racial stereotypes. You know, the author is beating down and saying, you know, look how silly they are because of this. It's just another thing that he's trying to, you know, actually do something good in the way of adding history and entertainment in the same series. And I'm I'm just glad that, you know, the series isn't being pulled completely because I think, like, as an artist myself, I think it's a, a really creative idea to have... I mean, it's probably been done before, sure, but I think it's a legitimate creative idea to have all these countries portrayed in this way, and I'm glad that the series, at least downloading or web streaming or phones or whatever they plan to do, I'm glad it's still going on in some way, because I think it deserves to be watched, and hopefully, like, I think when they cry out a little bit of a increase with, um, in popularity when the... With its controversy. Controversy. Certainly. I'm hoping that a similar thing's going to happen here. And School Day certainly has, <laughs> has its own, has its interest, too. You know, it might see a localized or whatever. Be- best, uh, hey, it's <laughs> best the best promotion. <laughs> best promotion you can ask for. Con- no such thing as bad publicity in, in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll take the break. Uh, back with final insults. First final insults of the, of the new year. <laughs> I think he had one already. <laughs> Back in a couple seconds on the comicden.com. My nephew liked the Power Rangers. And I did this on his birthday where he had all his friends around. They were like, Green Ranger. I said, Let me show you the real Sentai. I'm going to show you the episode where Green Ranger actually died. And they were sitting there looking. A couple kids start crying, like, No, Green Ranger can't be daddy. And the parents were like, why are you showing our kids? The Anime World Order Podcast. Not suitable for children, because the truth hurts. Visit us online at www.animeworldorder.com. Okay, um, we're back. Kind of nice to do an episode again after 
yet another month off. <laughs> and uh, nice to do our first episode, full episode of 2009. So thanks for sitting in again, Jeff. Um, <laughs> pretty, pretty much last no, uh, last minute notice. Mm. So, so um, but yeah, great, great that you did. And great to bring an Adam <laughs> Good element to be here. Too. <laughs> well, <laughs> Adam, Adam element wasn't intentional at all. I mean. No, no. I mean, but the thing is, uh, when Adam when Adam speaks, sometimes he has some. Well, uh, you know, sometimes when you believe yeah. in something so much, you end up saying something, and it, and it actually comes out really well. We all we all say something really good. Mm-hmm. We've all said something mm-hmm. really good because we've really thought it through, mm-hmm. right? You really thought that yeah. one through. Adam certainly is very good at that, <laughs> especially on his feet. James James is very logical in mm-hmm. when he when he gets into the whole mar- when it, when he gets into the business of anime. So that's why yeah, that's why he's around too. <laughs> <laughs> but he's very good at it. He he, oh, know, yeah. he knows what he's talking about when he talks about the whole business. I mean, that's it. That's what he. That's what he went to school for. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, final insults. Uh, you guys got one. You guys have a thought. Oh, James, go ahead. <laughs> You're deferring. You, no, you I'm not defer- it. Yeah, I'll, I'll say a little bit at the end, but James. <laughs> Well, actually, I, I did have the one story I told you before, but I think I'll save that for when Adam's here, maybe, or yeah. the next time. Can't wait to see what happen, how it'll be when Adam finally make, shows up for his first show. Uh, no, it was just... Assuming nothing happened to him on vacation, <laughs> could have been his last. So. <laughs> no, it was just an interesting manga that I was reading online in the thing. Oh, yeah, of, the, uh... the, the letter, <laughs> that it almost sounded like a letter that would have been between Neil and uh, Adam. <laughs> If they were pen pals, yeah, and and Neil and Neil has yet to visit, and he has something here for him too. But him. Uh, in reality, what my final uh, insult is—it's more of a pitch out, to say the least—is on these three books, and it's books you don't normally usually read because there's not many of them, and it has to deal with video games. Now, there's been a recent one that came out, Arcade Mania, The Turbocharged World of Japan's Game Centers by uh, Kotaku Night Editor uh, Brian Ashcraft with uh, Jon Snow. And it's actually a really good book to get now. It's out in the bookstores, and it's published by uh, Kodacha USA. And basically, it goes over all the different arcade games you could ever think of in Japan game centers. It goes over the crane games. It goes over the sticker picture games, the rhythm games, the shooter games, the fighting games, the old games and different types of things, games of chance like Mahjong and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But it doesn't just go over the publishers. It's written up for the players as well. So the players kind of give you tips and it makes you almost feel like you're in there and they in the game centers themselves like it's an interesting read and it's even you can tell it's me in japan it's got the uh dust, <laughs> dust cover, cover and everything style. and at the back it even has the copyright in japanese you can tell it was printed in japan <laughs> but even it doesn't matter even if you go to japan and get it it's only uh written up in english so trust me you won't have to worry about that the other one is one that was brought out a few years ago by Bradley Games, and many of you probably know them from Game Guide, stuff like that. And it's Power Up, How Japanese Video Games Gave the World an Extra Life. And this was by uh, Chris uh, Kohler. Most people know him. He's um, a writer uh, for some different uh, websites and things like that. But uh, this one, I think he started off with a PhD thesis, And this is what came of it. And it's an interesting look at the video game industry from basically uh, Nintendo to the more recent. And it goes through uh, different ideas throughout the different chapters. And it's a good read as well of the video game industry. 
And then one that was this one was written in the early nineties. And it's beaten up. And, <laughs> and it is beaten up because we love it so much. It's uh, game over. Press start to continue. <laughs> the maturing of Mario. And this was by David Sheriff. Now this one you may have to buy used because yeah. it's a rare find now. Trust me, it's a rare find. And this one is basically the thing. It goes over Nintendo from the beginning till about uh, the end of the Super Nintendo era because okay. it was the early 90s. But they have some great flipping stories from all the characters, even um, the head honcho himself. Uh, what was it? Uh, Yamaguchi? I think uh, Yamaguchi. Uh... Oh, we have a phone call. <laughs> it's even better now. But uh, basically... Uh... <laughs> oh! Mike has left the building. <laughs> so what uh, do you want to talk about? Uh... I don't know. There was a lot of things I could have covered. I mean, you know, the obvious one would just be saying, you know, pretty game comes out in a couple weeks. Did you get the special edition from Miss America? I was thinking about it. I mean, you know, the only real extra bonus is the... Uh, the manga. And I, I, well, the disguise of manga, they just probably threw it in because yeah. Broccoli's been in hard times. But uh, that's the other thing. Yeah, this one, though, I think it was uh, the old president of Nintendo was talked about a lot yeah. because he created and how oh, and, he chose the games. But some of the funnier ones is, remember, this was done in the early 90s and, and there was a lot of hate in America for Japanese companies from Toyota yeah, and all know, that. Because of and the, so it's interesting different stories about how they dealt with lawsuits. Like they were lawsuit, like Lincoln, he told some funny stories, especially about the Donkey Kong one where they found out Universal didn't hold the actual copyright. <laughs> so they went back and kicked their balls in and sued them. Oh, yeah, I heard and about won. that. And, and the how, other one was the Seattle Mariners. How th that... Well, supposedly, remember when the Jays were winning all our World Series and were actually successful as a baseball team? <laughs> the Seattle Mariners were in the dumps, and they were going to be sold. And supposedly, they went everywhere. They went to Microsoft. They went to all the technology people in the Seattle air area. And the only one to come to the plate was Nintendo, Nintendo and, I think, uh, Yamaguchi. Yep. Yamaguchi himself. But, um, the First thing Yamaguchi was, is the story in itself. Everyone knows that. But, so. of course, they uh, didn't like that. And so that's when they tried to uh, say no foreign owners could be a part of it. And then they realized, oh, wait, there's the Montreal Expos and the Toronto Blue Jays, and most of them are foreign owners. Mm -hmm. And so they tried to put through all this uh, stuff. In the end, they didn't because they said, look, the person who is running uh, Nintendo of America at that time, uh, his uh, son-in-law, who I forget his name right now, but he's out of the business, had been in the Seattle area and the Vancouver area for 20 years or whatever, and he it's would be as, the person. Yeah, yeah. So it's not as clear cut and stuff like yeah, that. But I mean, it was an interesting thing about how the Seattle Mariners came own, yeah, into the Yamauchi, Nintendo family. Yamauchi is, and that is, was in the backdrop the of the Japan. Yeah, yeah Yamauchi is still very much the owner, but it's it's very much American run. Yeah, that 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 team is still very much American run, kind of a sad. Story. Well, that's what they said. That <laughs> they said they would leave the team okay. in there, and most of the time that doesn't happen. In pro yeah, sports. out of all people, that phone call just right now. Mm -hmm. Out of all people to call, that was the York University alumni <laughs> association. Um, was it oh, Neil trying to get money from oh, me? That, that would have been good. That's bad timing. That is some bad. Timing <laughs> so 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 so, how much money did they want? I don't for know, their shortfall. <laughs> like I mean, we could. I, I mean, I, I knew I could. I'd end up getting into a long discussion, but we have to finish this up. <laughs> Damn! But it wasn't Neil, was it? it wasn't Neil? I can tell oh. you that. Her, her voice was much cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
Well, as you said, I pretty much, I guess, had my final insult with my little artistic rant there. But I guess just by sheer coincidence, because York phoned, um, I'm not sure how many people listening are high school students or not high school students that are thinking about coming to York. That's right. The college university, uh, university applications were due this week, yeah. last week, right? But I, I just want to uh, say that if by small chance uh, you were thinking of coming to York, don't let the strike affect you too much because... If you're listening to the show and you're planning to go to York, our anime club really does need members <laughs> next year. Um, I, I, I'd kind of like to see it survive. Yeah. I, I, since I, you're going to inherit I, it, probably. I, I don't want, you know, my, I don't want my, uh, you know, last year there to be the last year. So I just want to, I guess, hype up the club and say that we may not be as flashy of you as you of T's anime club, but... I'm Both sure. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> or Ryerson. We'll get Ryerson some stuff done. <laughs> yeah, they do. But all of them, I think, do just monthly uh, things. Mm-hmm. And the UFT, remember, has morphed into its own animal where it's yeah, kind of the Toronto thing. anime. Yeah, so. But I, I just wanted to say, like, it wasn't a completely deciding factor, but the fact that York had such a nice anime club was a factor in me choosing York, so. You know, if you that into extracurricular activities and that, you know, it's a great club i mean it has a nice history i mean you were the president so if you like this show you get say, to be part of that <laughs> i will say this i will say this about um york university's anime club today if you were into i if you were into a show like genshi ken mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that club is probably closer to how genshi yeah. to, uh, to genshi ken <laughs> like like I, like that club um, is probably closer to ha- to Genshi Ken type clubs mm-hmm. than all the other ones. All the other uh, the other ones are a little bit more intermittent now, but that club was the way it all its feel and the way it was run was always yeah, clo- was always true. a lot closer to how it how it was depicted in in Genshi Ken. Yeah, mm-hmm. right down to the uh, creepy former president who <laughs> just always seemed to be around. <laughs> At least until recently. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, I guess mine. Um, quick, uh, quick plug. I guess uh, earlier today, Anime News Network made it known that an art print made by the man who did um, Spy versus Spy was made available on the, via the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. The proceeds from not necessarily a sale, uh, but the, but but this is on the uh, for ongoing the ongoing push for donations to the. Uh, Legal mm-hmm. Defense Fund, but um, I think there's a campaign now that if you're if you gave a certain certain donation or certain mm-hmm. amount, you'll get this print. Mm-hmm. So it is directly in. Um, it is uh, it, the funds raised from the f- funds raised for the next little while will go towards the Christopher Handley defense. We talked about him already. Mm-hmm. The uh, guy in mm-hmm. Iowa. We don't need to go any further into that. <laughs> yeah. But everyone knows that story from and enough people know that story now. So look it up. Otherwise, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but Prince, uh, the um, the push for donations and this Prince are are all related to that. Will be related to the defense of that case. So um, we'll put a link up. Uh, we'll put a link up. And if you haven't donated, and people are encouraged, like forget about being so upset about what's going on. You know, whole free speech and all that crap. Mm-hmm. If you believe in this, this guy's that this guy should get off. He does need the defense to do so. So you know, stop bitching about it, and at <laughs> least give a couple bucks. Maybe get and maybe get this nice little print, which is depicted here on the ANN website. And I don't usually say too much. Say, uh, well, we talk about stuff that on. The Fortunately, even though you're right, it costs money to prove you're right. In yeah. This so uh, this is sort of needed. So here's a nice little incentive. We'll put the mm-hmm. link up. Anyway, that's it for uh, this week. 
We'll for sure be around next week. <laughs> um, if you have any questions, comments, uh, flames, especially for uh, us talking way too much about, uh, what did we talk about? Oh, the oh, York University. Stuff. Yeah, oh, York yeah. University <laughs> at the beginning. Um, roundtable at thecomicden.com is our email address. Please leave comments there. You can also leave comments on our website and blog, uh, com. And don't forget, we're also on iTunes Podcast Pickle and have a group on Facebook. Links are all on the website. <laughs> Anyway, that's it for this week. Uh, Have a good night from Toronto. 